and welcome to Grazia Life Advice, Grazia's podcast. I'm Rhiannon and each week I'll be interviewing women worth listening to and getting them to pass on the six best pieces of advice they've ever been given and the worst too. Our guest on our 10th episode is Jasmine Hemsley. Jasmine's a wellness expert who first came to fame through her business with her sister Melissa. You'll remember them publishing books on healthy eating and even hosting their own TV show as Hemsley and Hemsley. In recent years, solo, Jasmine's interest in the Ayurvedic tradition has taken her into even more arenas. Her book East by West is inspired by her travels in Sri Lanka and India and she also runs a sound bathing company called Sound Sebastian. Calming and thoughtful, I loved speaking to Jasmine who offered loads of practical advice about everything from meditation to tongue scraping, which is how we kicked off. So, over to Jasmine. Hi, I'm here with Jasmine. Hi, Jasmine. Hi, Rhiannon. How are you? I'm very good. It's a little bit hot and sweaty here. I but know. For the first time ever, I'm appreciating aircon. <laughs> are you usually not an aircon person? No, I get cold really easily. My other half doesn't like it if we're on holiday because he, he likes the aircon, A, because he's a bit hotter than me. Um, and two, because mosquitoes love him and mosquitoes don't like the cold. Mm-hmm. So we it's a constant battle, but... I'm loving the aircon right now. <laughs> yeah, we need it today. I mean, we're here to listen to your best pieces of advice. I'm really excited to get these from you. And it's a real difference, I think, from stuff we've had before. And I love that we're going to start off with the way you start your day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given, number one? Well, to go straight in here, and I did worry that this might put people off, but bear with me. Okay, so the first thing I do every morning, other than have a wee, <laughs> is scrape my tongue. Really? Yeah, so for the last, coming up nine years now, um, I basically learned to scrape my tongue or tongue scrape um, nine years ago when I learned to meditate. So I do something called Vedic meditation mm-hmm. and my it comes from the Vedic tradition, which is where Ayurveda comes from, yeah. which is the science of life, where which yoga also comes from the same roots. And, um, and it's about a 360 approach to life. So it's not just about what to eat or when to eat. It's about your daily rhythms and, and rituals. Um, and so tongue scraping is this easy peasy thing. It's just like a little, um, um, what did I, what did I say it looks like? What does it look like? It's, it's like a metal it's a loop. Met- yeah, it's, it's, yeah, not quite a loop, so it doesn't go all the way around, but yeah. little, a little metal curve and you get it in copper or stainless steel and you basically just pass it gently down your tongue. Mm-hmm. And, um, if you do that first thing in the morning before you've had a glass of water, before you snog at anyone, which you probably wouldn't <laughs> want to do, um, before, um, even brushing my teeth, mm-hmm. I just pass that down my tongue and you'll get some sludge, really. And that's kind of stuff that your body's getting rid of during the night. So you know that waking up in the morning and you get that fuzzy tongue, Mm -hmm. furry mouth feeling and you're thinking, well, I brushed my teeth after I ate dinner. Um, Yeah, that's your body. Just like needing a wee, just like hopefully needing a poo, just like wanting to maybe wash your armpits or just shower in general. Mm -hmm. You know, your body has been going through the detox process. So for me, um, it feels really good. Um, It feels so good that actually myself and my other half panic if we haven't got one on us when we go on holiday really and I've been known to use a spoon before but it's not as good um <laughs> and you know it comes from this Vedic tradition which is from India and so I talked to a lot of my friends from India and they um or, or with origins in India and they say they learnt to scrape the tongue when they start to brush their teeth it just goes hand in hand right mm. and how did it did you notice a change as soon as you started doing it or um definitely one well the biggie um factually is it removes 80 percent of the bacteria that causes halitosis 80 percent. Wow. yeah um secondly you just feel a bit like you don't really want to swallow that stuff on your tongue so mm. it feels clean and you know nice and fresh um three you 
start having like a little dialogue with yourself, you know, an observational dialogue. So you look in the mirror and you're like, oh, God, I ate something that didn't suit me last night. Or mm-hmm. oh, my body's really do- detoxifying. Or, oh, my tongue's looking a little bit um, swollen. You know, maybe there's scallop marks around your tongue or maybe it's split or maybe it's a bit red at the tip or maybe it's a bit, you know, mm-hmm. and a healthy tongue. You can kind of guess what it looks like. It looks pink and it looks vibrant. And um, and in the East, in, in, in China and India and you know, traditional Chinese medicine, Ayurveda, the tongue is such an important um, uh, way to see, uh, uh, tool to see what's going on in the body. So can you explain Ayurveda? Because that obviously that's behind everything you yes. do and yeah. and a lot of your advice today. So explain that a bit yeah. more for us. I mean, yeah, you you were asking me in the lift on the way up, was it hard to come up with the um, the best bits of advice? And I, and I struggled when I thought about it walking around um, yesterday. But as soon as I sat down this morning, it just all tumbled out because really Ayurveda is this incredible um, toolkit um, with advice to tackle anything from any different angle. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you have to do this and this and this and this. It's if this situation pre- presents itself, you've got choices. Um, for example, you're not sleeping very well, so you could meditate. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and I'll come to that point in a minute. 20 minutes is like three hours sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, you could um, eat really nutritious meals and eat them very slowly so you don't overburden your body, which is already tired. Um, you can refresh yourself with X, Y, and Z. You know not to have too much coffee because you're just going to lead to further exhaustion. You know, there's all these kind of ways to approach it. And there are so many bits of advice that might not actually sink in the first time. But once they do, wow, it's like I'm sorted. <laughs> yeah, I think it's one of those words that we all think we know what it means. It's kind of gets yeah. thrown around. So it's, It is difficult. And I didn't actually explain it then. So let me try and explain <laughs> it in a nutshell. Okay, so Ayurveda. Ayur means life mm-hmm. and Veda means knowledge. Mm-hmm. So it's the knowledge of life or the science of life. And um, it's said to have started about 5,000 years ago in India. And there was a civilization called the Vedic civilization who incredibly um, advanced they had maths, they had architecture, mm-hmm. they had something called Vastu, which is like the Feng Shui that we know. Um, yoga originated there. And of course, there was a system of looking after one's health and understanding that we are nature and we are of nature. Mm-hmm. And so um, it it really helped to use nature to look after yourself preventatively, but also in order to combat any ailments. Um meditation is is big there they really believe in the delicate balance between mind body and spirit which i think in the west we're just starting to catch up with aren't we only yeah i mean only recently really recently really recently definitely not five thousand years definitely (laughs) not i mean we were you know we knew about physical health and you know Mm. we thought it was all six packs and how many press-ups can you do and what's your lung capacity whatever Mm. um and now we're realizing actually you can run on a treadmill or or do as many push-ups as you want it doesn't mean you feel satisfied in your soul it doesn't mm. mean that mentally that you're taking care of yourself and I think we're very much coming out of a time where the 80s 90s and maybe noughties was like that go 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 sleep when you're dead achieve mm. step on people to get there you're only worth how much money you have in the bank it was that really kind of very materialistic um, way of thinking Mm. and I think as we go on and certainly you notice it in the way the magazines um, are addressing things now and obviously the huge um, issue around mental health which was such a taboo word Mm. uh, before and I think even the word therapy was just a bit not cool in Britain Um, suddenly we're taking care of ourselves, and so how Ayurveda's kind of 
I've kind of been finding it over the last 18 years. It keeps kind of coming into to my life. I don't I don't go looking for it. And bit by bit, I'm like, oh, I, I get that now. I understand why. And um, and I think what's very reassuring about it is that this is what some might call old wives' tales, but mm. it's stuff that's kept, you know, definitely India and definitely influenced um, much of the world and very traditional um, cultures. Um, it's been our way of looking after ourselves for thousands of years and really, um, you know, government guidelines and even nutritional advice is only 170 years old. Yeah. Before that, nobody was telling us what to eat. It just was passed down through family, um, the way your mother, the way your grandmother cooked, maybe, you know, a male Mm. in your family. Um, And I think it's important that we can kind of marry the two together, that wisdom of the East that's all very 360, Mm. with the science of the West that's very linear thinking and wants to prove things. Mm. And I think that's why I call my book East by West, because it marries both. And I think this is really tied into it. And, you know, couldn't get a more simple piece of advice, really. Breathe is your second piece of advice. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I remember being in a yoga class once and um, um, the teacher said, so what is yoga? And everyone tried to explain it, you know, and he said, yoga is breath. Breath is life. Mm -hmm. So um, breathe is definitely something I'm continuing to, continuing to work on. It's something that we dismiss. It's all too easy. Yeah, we want, we'd rather take a magic pill than actually than, than to learn to breathe properly. And, mm-hmm. and aren't we breathing anyway? Isn't that how we're on this planet? But even now I can hear, because I'm quite nervous and excited, that my breath is a little bit caught. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not, take the breath's not traveling easily down into the rest of my body, which is fine. But if I continue my day like this, I'll end up feeling a little bit anxious, a little bit wired, um, I'll stay in that kind of fast mode when really I want to stay grounded and rooted because mm-hmm. London life, city life, modern life is fast enough anyway. So um, breathe um, is a mantra that really, really works for me. Um, and what probably one of the best pieces of advice I ever heard was take a few deep breaths before reacting to bad news. Yeah. <laughs> it just, I mean, again, you say old wives tales, didn't you, about like, this is, you know, as you know, that does seem like something your mum would say. But yeah. the more, the older you get and the more you realise, God, that is just such good advice. It is, it is. I mean, you know, I'm pretty easygoing, but if stuff builds up, then I just come, you know, and then I'll just react at the time, that something that you shouldn't really react to. Um, so I think taking a few deep breaths and putting things into perspective, mm-hmm. suddenly you get a chance to answer, um, from a more rooted, um, place, which then doesn't irritate whoever just gave you the bad news and mm-hmm. set you both off on a spiral. Um, but also just even if it's not somebody, um, pushing your buttons, maybe it's just a situation. So um, I can definitely look back and think of times when I've just been in a good place. And so when something bad happened, I just looked at it more kind of factually Mm -hmm. rather than letting my emotions run away. And I know when I'm in a crazy place and something's happened and I've totally just, it's just been the end of the world. Mm -hmm. So that breathing gives you that space, that pause to just um, assess with your whole body, you know, um, and not be reactive. Um, another one for breathe was uh, one of my best friends she was studying psychology Alina and she said this to me quite a few years ago and I still remember it I still remember the place where she told it to me it was outside my front door Um, and she said just look at the sky and smile and breathe and that's been really really helpful when I'm running around Mm -hmm. you know you've got we're surrounded by great great tall buildings in London we don't really get to see the 
the any nature mm-hmm. and we know that feeling of nature you know arriving at the beach your mind clears mm-hmm. you just lighten up or entering a forest or just looking on a meadow the sky has that same effect so in that moment just breathe and um usually everything's okay i think it's easy to knock it until you try it and i know myself you know you think people say oh breathe and i'm like what good is that going to do what's that going to do pain or yes but you know again i went you know i found a yoga teacher i really liked and coaching me through the breathing and you just come out and you can't believe the difference in the feeling between you the beginning and the end it really does work you're basically just kind of washing away the things that don't matter and bringing in you know there's this phrase they say in yoga all the time it's like you know breathe in um all the good stuff and breathe out what no longer serves you and you know i remember first hearing this this um phrase i'll breathe into your toes or breathe into your back or breathe Mm. how can i breathe into my toes you know and um which is a very british attitude isn't it like, but it takes practice it does it takes practice yeah. and um and definitely it didn't work for me straight away mm. i i felt a little bit like i was hyperventilating but um oh so get it now mm, wonderful and then you've got a quote here that you particularly like about breathing and i'm afraid i can't pronounce oh pronounce the name oh yes i've got um Thichnat han so he's a monk living in France. Okay. Um, he's, he's brilliant. There's a movie that's just come out about him. And he says, breath is the bridge which connects life to consciousness, mm-hmm. which unites your body to your thoughts. So whenever your mind becomes scattered, use your breath as the means to take hold of your mind again. Okay. So the short version of that is, and the one <laughs> that I remember better, is somebody said to me, and I, could, I, I had a little Google today and couldn't find it, is that the breath and the mind are like two fishes swimming side by side. So if your mind, if you're thinking about crazy things, mm. like watch your breath, exactly what's happening here. I'm very excited. I'm a little bit nervous. My breath is tight and it's, and it's not, it's shallow breathing. Mm. Um, so the two things I could do now are more kind of tell myself I'm okay and start to calm my mind. Or I could approach it from the breath, which is to just start to breathe a little bit deeper into my body and let my diaphragm relax a bit, um, let my abdomen relax. So when you notice kind of crazy thoughts try and um, deepen your breath, um, slow down your breath, slow down the exhale. Um, if you notice that you're breathing too fast because of a situation, then let your mind tell your breath that it's okay, mm-hmm. you've got time, we can sort this. So there's two just two lovely ways to approach it. And then the two fish that swim together, you calm one, you calm the other. Yeah. And I, I'm sure it helps you move, which is your third piece of advice, be, about being in the present. Um, and that breath will yes. help as well. Yes. So... Um, Mindfulness is something that, um, or being in the moment, people talk about all the time. Mm. And I remember one of my friends saying, I haven't got time to be in the moment. I've got real life to deal with. And I really understood what she meant. Um, You know, it sounds all lovely and zen when you've got a Saturday off and, you know, no responsibilities, no children hanging off you. To do a bit of yoga. To do a bit of yoga (laughs) and come out and be all zen and get your shake and your smoothie and everything. But how do we make it, you know, work in modern life? And, um, being mindful is just really not placing too much emphasis on multitasking. Mm-hmm. I think multitasking was the big 80s, 90s, noughties thing, wasn't it? Of how much can you achieve? Oh, look at you juggling everything. You're brilliant. Um, yeah, like it's a superpower. It's a superpower. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and hats off if you can do it when you need to do it. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's um, something that we should be encouraging all of ourselves to do all of the time. Um, your energy becomes very scattered. You don't feel fulfilled because you're not ever doing anything um, with all your focus and energy. And um, 
for example, during my observations, I remember one of the one of the chores I don't like is washing up. I mean, one, I'm always cooking because that's the nature of what I do. And that creates a lot of washing up. Mm-hmm. And so my attitude used to be to that, bish, bash, bosh, get it done as quickly as possible. Have that there, have that there, put that in the washing machine, dishwasher, you know, hang that there. That will dry in a minute. Then move over here. Da, 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 da. Mm. And then I step back and I would look at my, my, my breathing or my mental headspace. And I'm going through to-do lists. I'm getting cross because the washing up, you know, the, the chopping board that I've just washed and now slipped back into the sink mm. because I'm I'm being um, a bit careless. And my whole nervous system is just wound up. And I thought, what is the point of that? So I started to actually enjoy the chore. I thought, if this is what I have to do, then I'm going to do it. And I started to, it sounds a bit corny, a bit cheesy maybe. Sorry, it's my necklaces rattling away there. <laughs> They're lovely necklaces. Um, <laughs> I started to kind of pretend I was on a fairy liquid washing up. <laughs> and I thought, you know what? If this is all the hard work I've yeah. got to do, you know, let let myself enjoy it. And sometimes I have the radio on and sometimes I don't. And suddenly I finish probably, what, a minute later than I might have done. Mm. But I'm calm. I feel good. My mind didn't race with other things, you know. It, it was a meditation, basically. Mm. It was being in the moment, being mindful, being in a, being aware, it, to be present is so joyful for the body because it knows what it's doing. It doesn't think it's running from a tiger. Mm. And I think um, that's an, another incredible piece of advice that took about 10 years to sink in, but I think it's there. <laughs> and again, it's something that you've learned over the years, but also you're saying that you're, you've said to me that your female relatives have told you previously oh, yes. for years. Yes. So um, my great aunt Joan, who is uh, not my blood relative, but my other half's great aunt, she's 98 years old. Wow. She's pretty fantastic. She still lives alone. She um, tells brilliant stories. She writes poems massive nature and animal lover and um i had heard this before but it's it's really from her that i it really sunk in and and it's that saying yesterday's history tomorrow is a mystery and today's a gift that's why we call it the present Mm -hmm. and that was it's just one i can hear it in her voice so it makes me very happy but um (laughs) but two i think in the way that we are brought up culturally um to worry about everything and try to control everything I think most of the time we're living in the past or we're living in the future. We're giving ourselves crap about the past or, or, or someone else, um, you know, a kick up the bum about, oh, I wish they hadn't done that or if they hadn't done that, this wouldn't have happened. Mm. Um, or in the future going, okay, I've got to get that and do that and do this and do this and um, what might she think and how will that happen and, you know, which of course is a tool that's that's useful at times but not constantly. Mm. Um, I remember reading in The Power of Now once, um, Eckhart Tolle said, 90% of the thoughts we think today are the same as yesterday. God. What a waste of time. Yeah. <laughs> we could have been being creative, you know, yeah. um, and then we're sitting there just rethinking like, like crazy people mm. actually, I guess. So just being present in whatever chores and whatever you know mundane or highly exciting things you have going on try to be there Mm. you know try to spend 10 minutes with your best friend not on the phone Mm. or 10 minutes with your child completely with your child I was was with my nephew and niece this weekend I had the best time Mm. Sunday seemed to be a hundred hours of just laughter because I didn't have my phone out I wasn't thinking about work I was at their level it was really really fun mm. um and then my mom 
my mum is a warrior. But <laughs> mum, when when I put here in brackets, when the shit hits the fan, yeah. my mum says que sera. Actually, she sings que sera, sera, okay. like the song. As in whatever will be what be. You know, yeah. we cannot control everything and we shouldn't try to control everything. Um, you don't know what's around the corner. You don't know what good stuff will come out of bad news. Mm. Um, and the only thing that is a um, a constant is change. Mm-hmm. And so we are ever evolving creatures. And that comes back to that Ayurveda thing. You know, we, we are constantly changing within our environment. And so the best thing we can do is to flex. The reed that bends in the wind is stronger than the oak tree that will break. Okay. Something like that. So strength comes in not being bullish and steadfast and um, unmoving about something. Mm. Um, it actually great strength comes from being flexible mm. and being able to tune in and work with whatever's going on and not breaking and not breaking. Yeah. You know, and not and, and if you do break, not giving yourself crap again because mm. because you didn't succeed. You know, mm. it's it's just a little. You know, at the you know, at the end of the day, does it really matter? Yeah, you know. I mean, just in what you were saying about um, being in the present and spending time with your nieces and nephews, social media is a big part of what you do and kind of the way first you and your sister became famous and now your business runs. So how do you balance that? Because social media is the antithesis of that kind of behaviour. Oh my goodness, yeah. I mean, I always laugh because when I think about how many followers we've got and there are people out there I've never heard of with like a hundred times more. Yeah. And you always think, oh God, I should be doing this better or... I should be doing, I mean, stories, I'm the laziest at doing stories. (laughs) I take them, I just don't ever upload them. Yeah. And um, I saw something on Instagram this this morning of a a yoga friend of mine and she said, am I supposed to be doing an airport selfie? She did did one of the clouds. And I said, and I I wrote on then, I said, it depends what you want, Mm. you know, what are you trying to achieve? Um, Yes, maybe you'll get more followers or no, you know, if you leave it alone, maybe you'll have more headspace. Mm. So I think... A few ground rules are really good, like don't bring it to bed. Um, definitely don't use, uh, don't leave your phone on at night. I mean, I, I feel crazy saying that, but I do meet people who not only have their phone on, yeah. it's ringing. God, yeah. So every time a message comes through and they tell me, oh, I sleep through it most of the time. But your body, your your mind, your re- body is registering that on some level mm. and that's disturbing your sleep. So social media, I think, is use it like a tool. It's a bit like you can overdo or underdo anything. Um, drinking water is great. Drink too much water, you're in trouble. Mm. So I think, again, um, give yourself time to put all things in perspective. Um, I think it's something that we have to... Uh, try and educate the younger generation about because mm. they really grew up with that as 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 a big thing. Whereas I think you and I know life without it, yeah. which helps a bit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a means to an end. It could also be the end to all meaning. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. That was my little brainstorm this morning. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I like that. Um, talking of sleep, your fourth piece of advice is about meditating. Yes. Who first told you to meditate and, and why is it such good advice? Again, it's one of those things like breathing. If you don't do it and yeah. you don't get anything from it, you think, ah, rubbish. Yes. Yeah. And especially because we're looking to achieve something mm-hmm. like a buzz the first time or we want it to fix everything straight away because that's that's the world we grew up in, you know, medicine, um, food, everything's instant gratification. Um, so the meditation thing I put off for quite a long time, probably 
uh, about 10 years after I started yoga. Mm -hmm. So I liked yoga because I didn't love the gym. But when it came to all the kind of spiritual stuff and mental stuff, I was a bit like, yeah, yeah, take it with a pinch of salt. Um, and when we do Shavasana, which is the famous lying down position at the end. My favourite. My favourite. Yeah. <laughs> I would either fall asleep or I would do my shopping list. Yeah. And so the idea of meditation, I kind of likened it to being a bit stoned mm. and being a bit like opting out of society, water off a duck's back, don't know, don't care. And I didn't, and I didn't, I, you know, I was more about, I was in my 20s then, so I was all about achieving something and doing something with my time mm. and what have I got to show for it? And so it took another 10 years and I was in, um, I, I turned 30 in uh, Australia um, I'd gone to Sydney with my other half. It was mid-recession. It was a bit doom and gloom in the mm. UK. Um, I was modelling at the time and I went over there. My agency said, you know, are you crazy? You've got loads of e-commerce work. You think you're the only brunette. If you walk away now, you'll not get these jobs. Oh, God. And I thought, do you know what? I need to get out, out of it. It's quite, yeah. it's depressing. <laughs> I'm going to go and spend my 30th um, doing something fun. So we went to Sydney and suddenly everywhere I turned... This meditation thing was coming at me. Mm -hmm. Just random people or people that I would never have thought meditating telling me that it changed their lives. And it all um, advice went to this one guy called Gary Goro, who's a now great friend, mentor of mine. I don't see him enough at all, really, because he's in a, he's in Byron Bay now. Um, and he popped round just after my birthday and started to teach me to meditate myself and my other half, Nick. And um, it was profound. It, it happened two hours a day over four days. Wow. Um, I was pretty much had narcolepsy uh, in the first week. All this fatigue was coming out, all that stress mm. that I'd been holding on to all my life um, that had been fueling probably all my choices started to come out. And then, um, wow, I just found this. It was it's energizing. It's like it's like it's like doing a clean up every day in your house, like a little wipe down, mm -hmm. which means that you don't have to do a massive, you know, spring clean every Saturday because okay. it builds up. It's a bit like it's a bit like clearing your desktop at the end of the day mm. or um, eating a good breakfast before you start the day. It's just a lovely little ritual, just like tongue scraping, just like washing up with mindfulness that basically grounds you, connects you to nature, makes you remember you are nature and just deals with the everyday stresses that you pick up from maybe your mum, your best friend, your colleague, a situation at work. Um, it helps you get back to you. Mm. And so meditation has been probably one of the greatest tools that I've I've learned. And how long do you spend? Because I think to me, sometimes you think, you know, even with those kind of headspace apps and things, yeah. it's stupid, but you can't even give yourself 10 minutes sometimes. No. You're like, oh, I could be doing something else with that, you know. That's because, I think that's because of we're conditioned mm. to be doing something more tangible uh, and a lot more fast paced and a lot more exciting. That's what we've been conditioned to value. Whereas if you look to the East, mm. they're conditioned to value slowing down I've just come back from um, Zanzibar and I couldn't help noticing that you know wherever you pass towns and roads and shops you know these people maybe didn't have the salary or maybe the um, career opportunities that we have in the UK but my god they are living the life they're outside in sunshine barefoot on the ground eating fresh fruit lazing the day away maybe some maybe you know it's too hot to do anything too manual they're painting they're selling fruit they're chatting they're walking up and down slowly 
I don't know. I think that it, it you will come to it when your values come to it, if you mm. know what I mean. Um, so whenever there's an opportunity, I say go for it. And if it, you know, to learn to meditate or try these techniques, if at first it doesn't feel great, doesn't mean it's not for you. Maybe mm-hmm. you just need to find another technique. Um, so I do about 20 minutes in the morning and the evening. Okay. And sometimes not. <laughs> sometimes I just have to think about it. So yeah. I probably did about seven minutes on the train after I did my makeup on the tube. Okay. I think it's about 20 minutes. I did I did about 10 minutes of makeup and then about seven minutes of meditating. Yeah. And I just got into that space where I totally know what's going on around me. Um and then I just feel calmer and grounded. Mm. Um, so don't forget, if 20 minutes is like three hours sleep, imagine what seven hours is like, seven minutes is like. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, so that that's one of the things that helped my brain to value it. Suddenly it's useful to you. Suddenly it's yeah. useful. And then I'll never forget, Gary said, I think on one of the first times he met me, he said, meditators have time. Mm. And when I am really late in the most, in one of those situations where you really don't want to be late, I just tell myself, meditators have time, meditators have time. I get there, something's happened, someone else is late, or this has happened and no mm. one's noticed I've walked in and it and it works. Mm. And it just helps me stop stressing about stuff that doesn't exist. Yeah, wonderful. Your fifth piece of advice is to channel your energy. And I, I presume it's about how you channel your energy yes. and not taking it in the wrong place. Both. So um, I was definitely a glass half empty person for most of my life just because you know I remember coming out of school exams and everyone saying how did you do how did you oh god I couldn't do that and oh Mm. I don't know I don't know because you don't really want to shout about things or you don't really want to be too excited because then you could be very disappointed and I really noticed as I grew up that I was using slightly more negative language than positive and so one of the things that um uh one of the sayings I heard that really stuck with me was where your attention goes, the energy flows. So if you're thinking, oh, I'm not good at this, or I can't believe she doesn't like me, or I can't believe that that happened, or, you know, you're just basically putting your energy into that, Mm. um, which on an energetic vibrational level, you are giving energy to. And if that doesn't work for you, then just think of it as you're wasting your own mental space and your own own time. So... um, Focusing on the good things in life is obviously key to happiness. Um, someone who's draining your energy, you know, just don't invest as much time in them. Um, even if a work situation is draining your energy, but, you know, are you going to carry on there just because it's good as a career or on mm. paper? I think that's a really um, great way to assess where you're putting your time and your and your energy. Um, so basically, it's not about never thinking bad things. It's just about you know, if I've got a real problem, I'll take it into a meditation. And just by giving, just by kind of sorting it out right then, it's a bit like, it's not, something's not going to clean it up itself. Just, yeah. you just got to get on with it and do it. And then it's done rather than be then carrying it around with you all day. And it nags at the back of your brain and becomes one of those um, thoughts that's the same as yesterday and then mm. becomes the same as tomorrow. So um, think about when your attention is going. Um, another, another example that I noticed was, um, when I first started to learn to snowboard about 10 years ago and I was terrified. Mm-hmm. I'd never been up in the in, in snow or skiing or anything like that. And um, I really noticed that I was so scared of falling over or bumping into someone or something that if I saw a tree in my periphery vision or I saw a person, I would focus on them and I would go straight towards it. Right. <laughs> yeah. So wherever you're looking, 
or whatever you're seeing is basically where you're going. Mm. It's where your energy is going. So then I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to look at that tree on there and then I'll go the other way. But at the same time, you know, there is that dread that everybody's talking about right now, that anxiety, that constant nagging that in the day, you know, with your friends or with your colleagues or in the, when the lights in the, in the daylight doesn't really exist. Mm. And then you go home and it, and it kind of wakes you up at two in the morning or you can't get to sleep. Um, and I remember once listening on a YouTube um, to a book and it was called uh, Stop Worrying and Start Living by Dale Carnegie or Carnegie or something. Okay. And um, and I listened and I only listened to about 15 minutes and the next day someone had taken it down because it was an illegal upload of an audiobook. <laughs> um, but I learned everything I needed to know. Yeah. And it was that it was giving examples of people who, I don't know, had business had gone wrong or they'd been told they had bad health or something something awful had happened. And then it continued and it continued and continued and they were, I don't know, written off to die or they were bankrupt mm. or they were X, Y, Z. And the minute they hit rock bottom... They flourished. Right. Because they basically experienced the worst that could possibly happen. And the only way up is up. So if I really have the dreaded dread knock on my door, I'll literally say to myself, okay, let's take a good look at you. What am I scared of? What is this? What's the monster under the bed? What's the fear in the cupboard? Oh, it's that thing where I said something and I think everyone's talking about it. Mm -hmm. Okay, what's the worst that can happen? Oh, they're still talking about it. Okay, Um, I'm sure they're going to run out of it soon no they're still talking about it. okay so now they don't like me maybe I'm not going to get that job maybe I'm not going to get that promotion I'm not going to die mm. or if I do die I'm dead anyway you know and <laughs> yeah. suddenly it dissolves yeah because it's not it's not that you're pretending it's not there and secretly feeding it energy you've literally just looked at it square in the face and poof mm. it's gone I guess so it's also about putting energy into things that are because you know bad things do happen they sometimes. do we can yeah. we cannot control that so don't even try yeah I love your final piece of good advice because I think the quote and it's it's around a quote that you love and you are entirely up to you yes that just makes so much sense talk through that with us it makes so much sense and I hated it when I first <laughs> heard it yeah because I was like no I can't help it that this has gone wrong and then yeah and 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 this and that and all the things that I've ever compared myself to. Mm. And then I realised I've got choice how I, you know, I'm really lucky to have a choice about how I live my life. You know, many of the things that we worry about today are so superficial. And mm. I'm talking about us in London with jobs, with food on the table, um, with friends, with with um, uh, c- community. Mm. Um, and so I can really choose how to again where to put my energy I can choose how I'm going to deal with that problem um, and I can choose what's best for me a lot of people believe they haven't got choice and I think that that really comes from not giving themselves time Mm. to process everything and for me that meditation is that processing you know it's if you look at your laptop and it's just you look at mine right now (laughs) it's just a hundred tabs open 50 things on the desktop you know you've written notes as a draft on the email, you've written notes in the note bit, you've mm. written notes from that, you've got your phone, you've got your WhatsApp, you've got this, and another email comes through and they want something in 20 minutes and you could basically just scream and have <laughs> and fall on the floor and cry. Yeah. Or you could just take the deep breaths mm. or you can just laugh, look at the sky and then get your pen and pencil out and start writing that to-do list mm. calmly and say, I can only do what I can only do. 
And so the I am entirely up to myself is I can't blame other people. Mm. You know, I need to stop blaming other people. And that was, you know, it wasn't like I blame people in a nasty way, but I was always a little bit like, oh, I, I try so hard and if, I can't believe that's happened. And now that's affected that. And now mm. that's affected me. You know, there's a lot of that going on. And as soon as I just created a bit more space in my life, those pauses, that breath, that meditation, that mindfulness, you know, start to enjoy washing up. It, it changes a lot of things. It makes everything smoother. I'm with you on everything apart from maybe enjoying the washing up. I'm going to try it. I want you to be the fairy liquid advert. I want your hands to be okay. as soft as your face. And I want you to enjoy the bubbles. Yeah. And just be like, oh, clean dishes. Okay, I'm going to try it. Before you go, we like to get people to tell us the worst piece of advice they've ever been given. Oh. I think this is really interesting because it's something that it's just... It's ingrained in us, but yes. it's probably terrible advice. You and I, we are that generation mm. that was um, go to the gym. Mm. You know, you're lazy if you don't go to the gym. And um, it's all about calories in and calories out. And, you know, people start to count calories. And the only thing that people I think should be counting calories are, I don't know, if you're trying to, achieve, if you're trying to sculpt a body, you know, for some muscle show or something. Mm. Um, so there's a lot of advice out there that butter's bad for you and all these things that has basically been unraveled now but mm -hmm. for some people it will never be unraveled because it's gone so far into our dna absolutely that yeah. we can't even if we hear it we're just not sure or we can't believe that something that was so such a law mm -hmm. such as fat makes you fat is now being turned on its head mm -hmm. you know it's hard to conceive um so i think for me we try to oversimplify things in the West because we're trying to sell something. Mm -hmm. And actually, oversimplifying is a problem, but the solution is actually simple. But the simplicity of it comes from being more natural and being, you know, people, I always say people don't need my books if they if they grow their own food on a farm and they live by the sun and the moon, you know. And we don't have that because we live in cities and I'm a city girl and I like it. So every time a new thing comes into my life, I really ask myself, what will it bring me and what are the negatives? Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I can get this thing that makes this faster and I can get this super duper machine that, that you know, who is this 10 times faster. But does it create more time? Mm. I feel like time is getting is, is, is even harder to hang on to. And yet we've got all these brilliant machines and technology. So, um gone off on a tangent I know you said I could but I really have gone off. <laughs> um so yeah for me it comes back to digestion yeah which is key in Ayurveda mm -hmm. there is there is so many um so much information around how to keep your digestion at its strongest or or, or at its liveliest so your digestion they call it your agni or your or your stomach fire and they say the fire comes from that center of your body that fire and how well that fire is working will determine how well you can uh, digest your food and what you get out of it and what, uh, and then also how you can digest your experiences. So as an example of that, you know, you know somebody who's just very carefree, they eat what they want, they do what they want, mm. they seem to be fine. Yeah, you're thinking, how do they do this? How do they do that? <laughs> and I look at them and I think, is it because they're just a bit more laid back about life? Mm. Is it because when they eat, they eat with relish? Is it because when they eat, they sit down and they eat slowly and they chew and they enjoy every mouthful? And that's why the ice cream, you know, doesn't affect them, give mm. them a blood sugar high, etc., etc. Um, And also the people that digest life's experiences really easy. You know, I was somebody who 
you know, you poke a needle in me and I'd, I'd freak out and have a tantrum about it. Mm. And then other people get boshed on the head and they're like, oh, it happens. Pull their socks up and then and then carry on. Mm. And I think that has to do with how strong your agni is. And so by meditating, by being mindful when you eat, by being mindful in your chores, you keep your center strong and you keep connected to it at all times. And then you become this much less overreactive person and you can react in a more positive way to your life wonderful i'm sold (laughs) (laughs) i hope i didn't confuse anybody that was just very long no it sounds lovely (laughs) thank you so much for giving us all your advice you're welcome thanks rihanna for having me on thank you for listening Thanks so much to Jasmine for all that advice. I hope you enjoyed it, are breathing deeply and are ready to hit the washing up. It was really lovely speaking to her and there's loads of advice there you can take into your day. If you're enjoying the podcast so far, please do subscribe, rate us, review us. It really, really helps. We look forward to seeing you next week for more advice from women worth listening to.